Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Spartans. It is Monday, April 20th. The year is 2020 for 2020. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my high as a kite co-host, Matt Sheehan. Now, I'm, I'm not that excited, <laughs> Will. I, no, you're, you're, you're making me sound way cooler than I actually am. It's, it's not that exciting over here for me. This is um, for all the people that partake. And the uh, the holiday of 420, a 420 on a quarantine Monday, like mm, you know, that's strong. <laughs> I that's got to be a strong day. <laughs> it's just like okay, we're getting after it. Uh, I'm sure. Not my bag, not your bag, but plenty of no. people's bags out there. But hey, I, happy to everyone's bag that yeah. it is, and I'm yeah. very excited for everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope you are having a big day. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I mean that in all sincerity. You deserve it. We yeah, all the stars are aligning for this day. Hey, <laughs> yes. This is—I feel like this day couldn't come at a more crucial time for those who partake. So, hey, go go on with yourselves. Yes. That's great. We we all deserve to have the stars aligned for us like this. Um, so yeah. appreciate it. Um, on today's show, we are going to talk uh, a few different things. We're going to start the show first segment. We're going to talk about a big recruiting virtual visit and just sort of what's going on with these. What you need to know, and we're going to talk specifically about Caden Salter, who is a top 2021 recruit uh, that Michigan State is going after pretty hard, and he seems like he's got some genuine interest in the program, so we'll talk about that. After, we're going to talk about Tom Izzo's latest comments on transferring. Uh, Those are always fun to to hear. Uh, Matt and I have a little bit of diverging opinions on it, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about that, and then, Matt... Yeah, after we fight, Will, yes. After we fight, it's going to be vicious. Um, mm-hmm. The third segment, in honor of The Last Dance, the the Michael Jordan Bulls documentary that premiered Sunday night on ESPN, saving all of us in the sports world uh, from another Sunday evening of boredom, we are going to pitch some ideas to each other of just the Michigan State documentaries we would love to see what in the style of the last dance 30 for 30 espn films that sort of thing you just general in-depth deep dive sports documentary what michigan state teams moments uh people different things we want to see uh would love to see immortalized in a documentary uh so we're going to do that in segment three matt yeah, absolutely. That, that that should be a fun segment. I can go on for days on that one. Yeah, I think it'll be fun just to talk about the different angles and like, oh yeah, remember this? Oh, we need to find out what like you know. There, we got some mysteries around the program and stuff like that. That would be real fun to uh, uncover. So that's the mm-hmm. plan for today's show. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, bang, yes sir. One more thing I have to promote. All right, go for it. Later on this week, there is a giant event going on. It's uh, a virtual podcast festival uh, is the way I guess it's being (laughs) uh, advertised, pitched. Um, Basically, a lot of people in the podcast industry are coming together in support of coronavirus, COVID uh, relief. We are going to, um, you know all do special shows um, and it's not just sports it's you know Freakonomics is part of this uh, LeVar Burton's podcast I'm just like looking on the line uh, here JD Vance uh, there's just all these big popular podcasts and then me um, yeah. it's April 25th 26th called Potapalooza and basically 
think of it as Live Aid, but podcast is, is how they say to do it. But All, even cooler, but yes. <laughs> Love like it. One millionth of a percent is cool as something like Live Aid. Um, but all sorts of podcasters from all over different things. You you put a donation in. It's whatever you want. And that is your quote-unquote ticket. And you get to access all these different things. It's basically just an excuse like, hey, all these podcasters are putting together this uh, special thing. Give some money in COVID relief. And you get to check out all these different podcasts. Uh, I'm tweeting about it. It's called Potapalooza Glow.fm at Glow.fm. You can find more on Twitter. But I was on a roundtable with a couple couple other Locked On hosts and our CEO, David Locke, who's the play-by-play radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Um, on Sunday, we recorded during the day just like a coronavirus, how's it impacting sports, roundtable discussion. Uh, so that was really cool, and we are part of this podcast festival. So if you want to check that out, at glow.fm is where you can go, and it's all supports at Give Directly. You can go to potapalooza.org as well. It's P-O-D-A-P-A-L-O-O-Z-A, potapalooza.org. All right, Matt. All right, well, we are now We are now ready to do a show, and I'm going to you know tease that out a couple more times throughout the week because it's really cool, and I'm really uh, honored that I was invited to be a part of it and help raise money for... Uh, and obviously good cause. So sorry yeah. for promoting, but bear with me throughout the week. I'm going to be doing that. Yeah, no, I like that. Kicking this off with uh, Mr. Salter here. Yes, here. some salt of the earth, Matt. And I, I think that this is a, a good place and good recruit to hone in on for a few reasons. Now, for our casual fan listeners, recruiting is an absolutely outrageous world that you could follow. There are going to be literally hundreds of offers that are going to be offered in the Big Ten, and a lot of those are coming from Michigan State, too. It would be absolutely exhausting to follow every single one, whether they're a high two-star, a high five-star. It doesn't matter. However, well, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like the Caden Salter recruit Recruiting saga could and should be one of the ones that even casual fans kind of monitor if they ever want to just dabble into the recruiting game and dip their toes in. Just because, A, how big of a recruit this could be, it'd be like, I don't think it's too far-fetched for it to work out, right? Yeah, I tend to agree with you. There is, uh, at the very least, some genuine interest. Um, Yeah. Just a quick breakdown. He's a 2021 quarterback, dual threat quarterback out of Cedar Hill, Texas. They play football down there. They sure do. Um, 24-7 Sports has him as a four-star player, 94 overall on the old rating, which is pretty darn good. Number 88 in the country in terms of all recruits. Number four dual threat uh, quarterback uh, in the entire country. And the number 12 player in the state of Texas has offers from just about everyone and everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Michigan State offered him, uh, you know, one of the, he was one of the first offers Mel Tucker made uh, when he got to Michigan State. They did a good job. They went after a handful of quarterbacks right off the jump. And Salter may have been the first offer, uh, to be honest. So he profiles as a big time recruit, someone you would want to land and, it seems like is the type of player like, all right, we're looking for, you know, his first class. We're going to have some three-star guys, certainly get the, the in-star, uh, in-state guys that, you know, maybe uh, aren't the, the highest ranked that are just, you know, good, solid Division One Power 5 recruits, but sort of the second-tier prospects in-state, in Ohio, Midwest, you know, try to clean up and get what you can mm-hmm. in a recruiting class where you can't 
really uh, bring kids in and then try to land a handful of big-time prospects, make some splashes, get into Texas, get someone out of California, get someone out of Louisiana, which seems like they have a decent shot at doing, um, you know, start to make inroads. And this is the type of player where, like, if you can land him, uh, he could be a crown jewel of a first recruiting class and the building block for something special, you know, years down the road. And it's also the kind of quarterback they're looking for, right? I mean, with Jay Johnson's offense and everything that Mel Tucker, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of head coaching experience, but everything that we have seen between Tucker's head coach and Jay Johnson, uh, the offensive coordinator, yeah, the offense kind of looks similar to what MSU's been running previously, but I think the big difference, and correct me if I'm wrong, the big difference is that they do like to use a quarterback's legs a little more than most, what they should have been doing with Lou Werke the last two years. Anyway, I digress. Uh, with Salter, you need a dual-threat guy in there. What MSU has right now, sure, they're probably good quarterbacks, but they're not necessarily what Tucker and Jay Johnson want to be running is what I'm getting at. So, yeah, a, a nice top-tier dual-threat quarterback. That'd be pretty major because that is going to be what gets the offense chugging here, it seems like, in the Tucker era. Yep, and so what Michigan State coaches are doing with um... – you know, I'm sure they're trying to do this as much as they can. They're doing virtual visits. Uh, we heard about Gabe Neely, who committed after his virtual visit, the uh, corner slash safety from Miami. And so they had one with Gaden Salter. They have, or Gaden. <laughs> Caden Salter. Um, I combined Gabe and Caden and went Gaden because I was talking about Gabe Neely. They had one with Caden Salter on Sunday. Um, and it seems like it went well. Corey Robinson, if you subscribe to Rivals, Corey does a really good job. Uh, writing for Spartan Mag, uh, has an in-depth story, actually spoke with him. I'm trying to get in contact with him as well and may have by time uh, you listen to this, but Michigan State's doing these virtual visits. Mel Tucker tweeted out his uh, setup. Did you see that, Matt? Mm-hmm. Sure did. It's got a nice little nice. setup. Uh, and they just, you know, meet all the coaches and, and do what they can. Um, and they put together this cool 21 Built Strong, the festival, you know, made it look like a festival lineup with some photoshopped images and Caden Salter's the headline, right? Featuring the coaches, yada, yada, yada. So um, they, it's it's serious enough that Salter has him in his top 11, which whatever that means, he's doing the virtual visit. Somebody start fo- somewhere. Yeah, yeah, somebody photoshopped him into an MSU uniform and he retweeted it. So, bang, you know, in the recruiting world, you kind of have to look for little hints and clues. And it seems like there might be some interest there. And if they were able to make inroads and land a player of this, you know, pedigree at that position, that's going to raise some eyebrows and it's going to make some kids be like, hey, What's going on over here is something, you know, is Michigan State the move? Um, And that is really impactful. And if it plays out where he, in two years, is your starting quarterback and is really good, hey, great. That's That's great. You need one of those, Matt. Yeah, and obviously we're very early in the recruiting game still. MSU is going to offer a lot more kids, more quarterbacks. Uh, Salter is going to be receiving more offers too, but hey – whether you're all in on recruiting or you're just a common fan just trying to scratch the surface in it, I, I feel like Caden Salter would be a nice one to keep your eye on because it's it's very relevant to what MSU is going to want to be doing with their offense here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, everything on social media suggests that there is legitimate interest. Yes, definitely one to uh, keep your eyes on. All right, we'll pause here. We'll come right back in a minute. Would we say we're doing next the Izzo stuff? Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna fight. We're, we're gonna, gonna have fight. Some infighting. Okay. Mom and dad are gonna fight. Yep. <laughs> Mom and dad are gonna fight in just a minute. You're an idiot, Matt. 
Well, I know that, but ah. why, why this time, though? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what your take is on Tom Mizzo, but I think you're just an idiot. Well, I think we okay. So I, I know that we're gonna probably agree. Uh, we should probably we should say what he first, had. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or we should what he do that did. Before we get not what he had. <laughs> we should sure. say what happened. Why yeah, are we yeah, talking we, about this? So Dick what Vitale. had happened was is uh, at Dicky V uh, tweeted out. Just spoke with Hall of Famer Tom Izzo, and he is furious with the possibility that the NCAA would pass a rule allowing transfers uh, to play without sitting out a year. Can we Many pause coaches, here for a second? Sure. What are the odds that Dick Vitale had no permission to share that on Twitter? Ninety-five point seven percent, probably. Yeah, Here's, and that's probably okay. a low, low ball number too. Yeah. Tom, Tom Izzo has said this publicly before, and he's been on the record before saying this that he mm-hmm. he's he's against the one year uh, or one free transfer thing. Uh, Jim Harbaugh it made some headlines when he's like, "Hey, we should do it one time free transfer, right?" Mm-hmm. And I think someone asked Izzo about it because it was that crossover during football and basketball, and he was like, no, it would be the end of college sports as we know it. You know, just a general overreaction that not just Izzo, that everyone has any time anyone proposes any sort of rule change about anything in the world ever, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just, this isn't a Tom Izzo thing. (laughs) It's just an overreaction thing. But Dick Vitale apparently had a conversation with Tom Izzo and tweeted it out. And And a few coaches too. He also spoke with... uh, Coach Dixon, Bill Self, Bob Huggins, but yes, Izzo was one of the ones. Yes, did I didn't see any of the other comments. What did the other coaches say? Because Dickie V said they all agree. Yeah, they're all. I, I mean, Bill Self and uh, Coach Jamie Dixon. He put in the same tweet, essentially saying um, they made great points. Which you know, I'm sure some coaches probably just had a more buttoned up dialogue with uh, Dickie V than than Tom Izzo, who was a pretty passionate fella, had with him. Tom Izzo has been known to speak passionately, Matt. He speaks his mind. That's a he's an OBS kind of guy, for better or for worse. And depending where you are in this debate, uh, this was one of the four worst times. I I appreciate that uh, that fact about him, and the fact that mm-hmm. you know just because I think he's way off base on this one doesn't make me uh, dislike the fact that he's willing to just say it because that's what he believes. Like I he is I who admire he is. that. Yeah. Listen, right, of course, I married a stubborn youper. I get it. Okay. Okay. I, I can I can say that because I married one. Uh, yeah. My wife is a stubborn youper. That's a that's just a joke. Um, love you, sweetie. Even though I don't know, I know you don't listen. Um, no, a lo- loyal listener, <laughs> a- avid listener of the pod. <laughs> nice uh, save. But no, I mean that's that is Tom Izzo. We know this about Tom, um, and he's just going to say what he believes. And if you disagree with him, he'll discuss it with you. But he's he's a stick to his guns kind of guy. So I wasn't surprised to see this because. We've heard Tom Izzo speak on this subject before. We've heard him speak on a number of different player, uh, I got empowerment type things. Player, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Because it's not really right. It's yeah, it, player empowerment. I feel play, like yeah, yeah player yeah, I feel like ben- that's a good player word. additional player benefits is a kind of way to yeah, the player empowerment, sort of that. I don't know how to pr- properly label it, I guess, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, paying, extra freedoms play, for players. Yeah, paying yeah. more agency for players, paying them um, free transfers, more control, players mm-hmm. having power, et cetera, et cetera. So he said this to Dickie V, and Dickie V fires off a tweet, and I am just, again, kind of rolling my eyes at it. Sure. Really, Tom, again, you just got to rail on this one again. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we've talked before about why... I and you and I, I think agree that 
restricting movement for player transfers, not great, yeah. right? Yeah. Coaches, coaches who try to block transfers get all the way the hell out of here. Um, the one-year sitting out rule, I think, is just a, a terrible, punitive, uh, unnecessary rule. Um, and I think you're in agreement with that, right? I, I am, but I could also see why coaches would get upset oh, sure. about a kid getting up and walking across town to his rival. Like, sure, sure. yeah, I, I get where the anger comes from. But yes, at the end of the day, I, I do think personally that transfers can have a one <laughs> transfer immediate eligibility. Matt, where season. did where did uh, Ed was it? Ed, I forget his name. Ed, Ed Warner, yeah. Ed Warner, where did he transfer? He oh, what directional school was it? It was somewhere uh, close. Oh, to, oh, he went no, to U of M. <laughs> where did right. where did former Michigan defensive quarterback or defensive coordinator slash defensive assistant slash associate head coach uh, Greg Madison go? Where did what did he do? He left Michigan. Where did he yeah, go? Yeah, oh, some ragtag school down in Ohio. Oh, yeah, Dayton, just, perhaps or just somewhere. Ohio State. Not a big oh, deal. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. so I guess what I'm, I'm trying to find. What is your disagreement with me going to be like? What is what was your take? I guess when you saw I, it's what Izzo our, said? Our, our difference lies in our reaction to Izzo because a lot of people, it wasn't just you, were kind of like, well, what the hell is it? Like, why are you like this? I, I don't like that he's so outspoken about it. Where, like, I I disagree, but I totally a hundred percent understand where the anger comes from, and like, I'm not faulting for him at all that he is voicing out his concern with the one time transfer rule and everything. Just because I try to put myself in his shoes, like for the better part of 25 years, he's been coaching this game at the same place, pretty loyal guy, and has kind yeah. of had the same recruits all the time. They always talk about OKGs, our kind of guys. The guys like Cassius Winston, for example, the guys like Tillman, uh, you know, four-star guys, three-star guys that you try to mold in a lot over of four years stretch. Of course. A lot of four stars. More four stars uh, than, than your average program, which is very nice. Thank you, Tom Izzo, for your efforts here. If you go back and look, there's a lot of, like, it's not the one and duds, but they get some pretty yeah. talented kids. <laughs> but guys that evolve over from yeah, the first definitely. year, second year, definitely. first year, third year. And you know, let, let's be honest. I'm a millennial. You're a millennial. These kids are younger than millennials. But, hey, it all reads the same thing. I know you're going to roll your eyes, and it's almost a, a joke am. at one point. But we do like instant gratification. Let's not lie to ourselves. Like it's we, we become more impatient as time goes on. So if a kid doesn't knock it out of the park freshman year, sure, he might be more inclined to jump to another school sophomore year if it doesn't all work out. And you know what? Kids transfer for a, just a, a slew of reasons. It could be they don't like the system, they don't like the coach, they want to be closer to home, they want to study something different for crying out loud. Who knows? But let's not be naive here. A, a one-off transfer, you get to play first year at your new school no matter what, Like that, that would change the game. It, it's, it's not going to be this small thing. I really do think it, it is going to be a serious change more than people are leading on to be like you got to still recruit the players on your own team the transfer portal is going to be insane so yeah I, I feel like it's fine that's awesome you, you want to go to another school and play somewhere go for it but yeah I, I can see why Izzo would kind of be upset about this and, and outspoken about it to the point where I'm like well I, I don't fault the guy at all for sounding like this yeah it's it's not great optics sure if you're a kid that wants the, the freedom to go to this college after playing x amount of years at one but that's who he is, and he's he's got some points. It's that's all kind of my feeling on it. It's all it's all very well said by you. Yeah. Very well Thank thought you. out. Um, I I tried to sound articulate there for at least five minutes on this pod today. <laughs> um, all of this would make Tom Izzo's job harder, and yeah, it would. N- you and I mm-hmm. and every single person listening to this 
not a single one of them would agree to making our jobs harder for no reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course. If you're going to increase my compensation, yeah, you can make my job harder. If you're going to add more roles or more responsibilities to anything, yeah, you can make my job harder. If you're just going to offer the exact same upside, everything, nothing changes except for more risk and more difficulty, yeah, I'm not going to be cool with that. So I guess to an extent I get that. Um, mm-hmm. I also think there's uh, like, so there's a bajillion different things and we're not going to have time to, to cover all of it. Of um, I just, I don't like that Tom Izzo and other coaches, not just Izzo. I, I, I guess it's an older, the older sentiment. And you're right about the instant gratification and being less mm-hmm. patient. But I also think kids these days uh, yeah. have grown up through more adversity than anybody. Mm-hmm. Going back to the, I guess, kids growing up during the war, World War Two, maybe. Um, sure, yeah, that was just a fun in time. terms of yeah. societal things. Um, mm-hmm. Great Recession, COVID pandemic uh, is the new yeah. one here. Um, some turbulent times, certainly, but also just in mainly, 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 mainly uh, the way that the world interacts with them. Uh, kids are they're they're fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen getting called mother effers online by strangers on the internet. And that is just, that's, it's it's a reality of having any sort of profile. Um, You're not going to tell me that someone like Aaron Henry, who's had some up and downs and stuff in his career, hasn't gone through adversity. And the idea that kids are transferring at the first sign of adversity, right? That's something you always hear. Oh, kid transferring at the first sign of adversity. Get the hell hell out of here. You don't get to that level without being able to overcome adversity. And you don't like arrive at Michigan State, one of the best programs in the country. And and to be honest, here's the secret to all this. And this is a a tangent, real quick tangent. Mm -hmm. All of this doesn't impact Michigan State like at all. Nobody, nobody from Michigan State leaves to transfer up. The only people who transfer out and down are people that it you just don't want around the program anymore or who have school issues or drug issues or whatever, right? Let's sure, just yeah. lay that out there, okay? Yeah, I think that's fair. Tom Izzo's riled up over nothing. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> where was I? There, yeah. No, just the idea that their kids are quitters. Transfer, the idea that transferring equals quitting uh, does not sit well with me it's a different change of scenery like transferring is not easy that's something that like oh they take the easy way out like okay you get up and move your life and leave your friends and leave your school and leave your the place you've been living and leave everything you know uh for a totally different situation you know half the country away three states away eight hours away maybe it's even further from your family you don't know and try to pick up with a new team, learn a new system, a new role, and have to re-earn your starting spot or whatever. Like, it's not always easy to transfer. So that's another thing that bugged me, and I'm almost done. One more thing. Okay, because I got one more thing, too, that I just completely forgot to bring up. Okay. Go go on, sorry. The idea that Tom Izzo or Coach X, right? Again, it's not Mm -hmm. just Tom Izzo, because I saw Fran frickin' Frischilla tweeting about this. Um, Uh, I guess I did see that. (laughs) The idea Uh, that any basketball coach can look at one of their players' life and say definitively, I know what's best for your life mm-hmm. is just not something I'm cool with. Like I get it. Like they can be yeah. they can be mentors, they can be um guides, they can be a helping hand. 
but they're 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 they are their basketball coach. That's their primary responsibility. Um, I'm never gonna like tell somebody that I know. I, me, will I know what's best for you? Um, because I don't know someone's journey. I don't know their history. I don't know what they're thinking inside their head. I don't know their emotions or anything like that. There's just a lot more that goes into a decision like transferring. Mm-hmm. And I think too often we're too flippant about it. Like some whiny little 19 year olds like, man, I didn't play enough. So I'm leaving. And we, we make it that too often when maybe sometimes it's that maybe it's sometimes it's a bratty spoiled kid who would benefit from some tough love and, and maybe is this is more of like a quitting type situation, but to paint all of them like that uh, is just kind of absurd to me. So I tend to err on the side of like, hey, let's not blame the kid for every single thing that's going on here. Uh, let's maybe try to just disperse it. And oh yeah, let's not uh, make sure this kid can't do what a regular student X can do and just go to a different institution and just pick up right where they left off because they're more special and talented. They get their sort of movement rights restricted, which I'm just wholly against. But the idea that they're all quitters or they're all soft because they're transferring, that, that doesn't sit well with me because you don't know someone's situation. And the idea that I know what's best for someone, I've won 6,000 basketball games, I'm a Hall of Fame coach, I know that them staying here is the right move for the rest of their life, that's not that's not cool with me, that's not Tom Izzo's decision to make, that's the entire sort of point of all of this is, Tom Izzo can be against it, that's not his decision to make, and I know once this, this, once this happens, once one-year transfers uh, or one free transfer is approved and, and the game changes a little bit, Tom Izzo's going to play ball because Tom Izzo needs to protect his job and win. Although he's probably at a point where he doesn't need to do that. But Coach X is going to play ball. Even if they're against the rule, they're going to play ball. They're going to get transfers. They're going to play the game to win because we all, at the end of the day, have our own selfish interests. Okay, your turn. Yeah, okay, so that leads pretty well into my next point is that the selfish interest and also not always blaming the kid, I wonder what percent of Izzo's comments had in mind, and hey, Izzo's been around the block, he's been around a lot of recruits, a lot of parents, a lot of uncles, a lot of bag men, a lot of agents, a lot of whatever. (laughs) The point I'm leading into, the more that for millennials and us, there's more and more instant gratification. Do you know what there? I think to be, and a lot of other people think to be, more and more for the older people, is a lot of more like helicopter parenting or helicopter guardianship or whatever. A lot of people that are giving bad advice sure. to, to students. Andre Ryzen, Hunter Ryzen. I, not to name names, that's one example that hits pretty close to home for, hey, we should probably leave MSU. Like, that does happen, too. It's not just a kid. It's also a lot of behind-the-scenes things, too. Mm-hmm. And sure, Izzo doesn't know every kid what's best for him, but you know what? I think he actually does have a pretty damn good understanding of what could be a, the best situation. It's not the end-all, be-all, but hey, I think Izzo, in some situations, could know what's better for a kid basketball-wise than a yes man behind the scenes that has a, a kid, a nephew, a what have you that they really haven't had before in their lives. So that's I, I think it's a, a well, it's more than twofold, but those are the two main points that I wanted to bring up between this monologue and the last rant that I had. <laughs> that's fair, um, but it, for me, it's just not his role. That's not. I mean, if you're, 
Uh, you get into weird territory there when you are like, hey, Johnny, I know better than your parents. Of, it's of, an impossible spot to be in, of course. Yeah, yeah. it's... For the I kid, know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and it's not... Yeah, really, you are putting the kid in a kind of a tough spot. Like, hey, these people... And again, you, you know, you love them, you want to protect them from leeches and all that stuff. And that, honestly... Mm-hmm. We could talk for hours about the AAU system and the advisors and the, like, and that's all. That's why recruiting is the in college athletics is the bat bleep crazy insane thing that it is. Um, but just fighting every bit of it because there's some bad eggs out there uh, is not for me. I'm not with uh, that. And anytime you are uh, restricting the agency of those that are already on the wrong end of an injustice, like billion dollar TV deals that the players don't, you know, get their portion of or name right. image likeness, shoe deals, like that sort of stuff. And then you're like, eh, yeah, we're going to make sure you can't transfer either like that. It's just like, just give them the transfers. You, you keep the money, give them the transfers. Yeah. yeah. All right. We went way too long on that. Yeah, we did. But hey, do you it's know what? Okay. Well, we kept it civil in the end, which is dang you it, look mother. At us. There it is. <laughs> You're so stupid. I respectfully yeah, I can't argue that. Do not fully agree with what you were saying, but that's fine. Um, all right, let's pause here, and we'll come back and we'll do a discussion about the documentary subjects we want covered as it relates to Michigan State sports and some of the great Michigan State stories. So, sports stories. Sports stories. Sports Sports stories. Sports We'll do that here in just a second. All right, Matt. Do you have – you seem like you had one, like, you're ready to fire off here. Um, 30 for 30 ESPN well, – I guess <laughs> it's not 30 for 30, but ESPN Films premiered The Last Dance. Two, first two parts, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls – documentary was fantastic the first two parts um and that got us thinking what michigan state sports things would we want to see a documentary on and you said you had one right off the jump i i did and i also have five written down and i wanted to stray away from the obvious ones five i i do i have five that i would be really interested in now i i didn't do the obvious suspects like the the flintstones for example like that'd be a great one the the rose bowl season would be fantastic to 2015 MSU football seat sure. I, I feel like those are the no brainers. Um, yeah, so those I got, are those would be fun and fine. But like honestly, haven't we seen some version of those in like a BTN sixty minutes? Exactly. Would I, like sure. feature the journey. BTN, yeah. The journey. Yeah, we've kind of already seen that. So, so I got five written down. I'm going to start with the one that's earliest on the timeline, and it would be the 1966 MSU football team. Um, national champions, that's pretty cool too, but yeah. even deeper than that, they did have 20 African-American players on their team, which at the time, sensationally progressive for a college football team to have. The, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Sorry. Ray being the quarterback, right. the first uh, Southern black quarterback to win a national title. I, I mean, that, that would just be a fascinating docu-series to have just from all perspectives the the, the coaching staff I mean I've obviously not all around uh the former players fans <laughs> yes. I mean just uh, yeah it, that, that'd be a great one to, the, to have the, in juxtaposing that against the racial tensions mm-hmm. uh, south of, of the Mason-Dixie primarily but all over the country at that point yeah um in the immediate aftermath of the civil rights movement um oh what year was MLK shot 
Oh, well, you know I don't know this at the top of my head. I'm looking uh, it up I'm going right to let you now. down. I'm sorry. No, but it's yeah, okay. So, historically speaking, that, that's, the only, that's the only like historic one that had. The, the other ones would be a little more fun, a little more like, holy bleep, <laughs> this and that. Like, they, oh, yeah. it would be great. <laughs> but that one, yeah, with the historical timeline, racial tensions in America, and that mm-hmm. specific team being one so progressive, bringing kids, black kids up from the South who couldn't play. Yeah. Um, absolutely. That's I didn't even think of that one. That's a great nominee. Yeah, that'd be like a PBS style doc. The other four I have would be more like uh, I don't know, Vice or ESPN TMZ. or Netflix. TMZ style docs, if you will. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any or? Oh, I, I thought you were. Oh, four? I thought you were going to keep churning. You you were no, on I'm a churn. Sorry, I was yeah. on a roll. Well, I'll keep on a roll then. Okay, just keep so going. Yeah, I've got the, a couple. If you two... don't get to them. For sure. The, the next two are seasons that are water under the bridge. Now, if you asked me for a documentary a month or a year after the season, I said, no way in hell. You suck for even mentioning that. But now I'm at the point where I really want to know what on earth happened in the 2010-11 MSU basketball season when they're ranked number two preseason in the country. This isn't – like when a season goes that wrong, when you're ranked that high to start the season, it's not just like, oh, bad defense or, oh, the shooting guard wasn't great. Like there were some issues going on with that team. And, I'm Will, I'm sure that you were keyed in on a lot of rumors there. There are more rumors I could even count for that team. Are all of them true? Probably not. Actually, definitely not, because a lot of them contradict one another. <laughs> but, uh, man, wow, would I just love a tell-all yes. expose on that season. And that also parlays into the next one that I would love to see. Hold on, hold on. I okay. That was my number one pick. The 2010-2011 yes. basketball what, team? Yeah. What the hell happened? What um, happened? <laughs> I think, and it's, we were, like we already said, like the really fun, good things. Like, yeah, those make good interesting mm-hmm. documentary type things. But like, as we're watching right now, we're watching the last dance to watch this fall apart yeah. in seven years or 10 years. When they do the warriors dynasty 30 for 30 of it falling apart, that's mm-hmm. what we're going to be watching for. So yeah, I like, even though Michigan state didn't fall apart, but yeah. I think you could really get into this. Oh, how they much fell did, apart that season. Yes, that season. <laughs> that was... Like all the different players and like some really great players, the lead up to it. How much did Izzo flirting with the Cavs? Like, because that was the year that summer, right? Yeah, it was. It was, yep. How much did that play into it and in that different dynamic? Because LeBron James is at the other end of that. Um, yeah, that I think you could really get into, and that's that's everyone, dude. That's Draymond, Kalen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Corey Summers, Lucius yeah, transfers out. Um, Jarrell Summers. Um, Chris Allen was on the team. I think he transferred after Chris that Allen year, to Iowa State. I, I'd year. have to look up. He was that. somewhere. He would have known enough players to get himself yeah. a 10 minute interview. Yeah. But yeah, like there was just like a loaded team. We all knew that and it imploded. So that was my number one. What the hell happened there? And what the hell part two, if you want to make this a series, can be the 2016 football season. Yes. Uh, again, you don't go from Big Ten champs to the college football playoff to three and nine just because of bad quarterback play. There's oh, a little no. bit more that goes on. Quarterback is fine. <laughs> I, this is a hill I, I will die on. Tyler O'Connor was not a top five reason uh, no. that MSU had the issues they no. had that year. It was a 7-8 win quarterback performance. Like of on, a, on a solid team, if he was... Plug him into the twenty fifth or twenty th- or fifteen team like they mm-hmm. did, um, yeah. and that team wins nine, ten games instead of twelve. Like they win nine or ten, eight maybe, but mm-hmm. uh, he was fine. It wasn't yeah. his fault. 
No, it wasn't. And kind of like with the 2010-11, like you hear a lot of rumors. Uh, 2016, I don't really think it was rumors. Like no. it, it was just a horrible locker room. Like just patently awful. Well, How awful though? That would be fascinating yeah. to find out in the documentary though. Just ooh, you got so many people to interview. You got like 110 whatever players to interview. The the coaches, the person. Oh, it'd be That's, a fantastic watch. That is another one where there are dynamics at play outside of the locker room. Yeah. Uh, specifically the election of the president. Um, I've heard, oh, yeah. and I think this is kind of just a known thing, that there were factions within the locker room uh, based on presidential favorites and leanings, and that escalated based on different things, and we know what happened with John Reschke. Um, sure. And... You've got, I don't know, Malik McDowell mixed in there <laughs> as well. He had quite the season that year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and some just some, I don't know, like you can have like one or two sort of wild cards, but half your captains can't be wild cards. No, no, and man, it was just the perfect storm. Yeah. I, you're, you're talking Big Ten, Cosmo Playoff 2, 3 and 9, and really three the beginning of the end of the Antonio nine. era. And, so, yeah, it was. Yeah. It absolutely was because if they win 10 games that year, they pull another top 15 class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 2017 was a nice mirage, but yeah, let's be oh. honest. Like, that was really the kind of the beginning of the unfolding of everything. So, and, yeah, and they were, what it in is. retrospect, they weren't very good. In, in 2017, they just got some luck. Um, and they were media. They should have won six games in 2016. They're just unlucky. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you go three and nine, and they should have won seven games the year after that, and they got lucky and won ten. So that's yep. that's how she goes. And so there's two more that I have written down. Uh, we can just go through these quick. Uh, the fourth would yeah. be I would love it all in on this, talking to the players, everyone that was around these players, Izzo himself, just all the recruiting misses. Over the Ooh. years, like what happened when it was a no, something was happening. How did it happen? Recruiting like, is fertile. Like just, there's a lot of stuff you could get into with recruiting. Yeah, you could make that a ten part docu series too with just Izzo alone. I mean, if you open up to all of college basketball, you could have a ten hour episode per day until the end of quarantine here. So I, I think that'd be a cool docu-series right there. And there is one more, and this is my fifth one. There is one athlete in MSU. Um, that I personally think would make just a fantastic docu-series, Connor Cook. Mm. I know he's a popular player, but let's let's just take a step back and think of it. It all happened at the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Sophomore year starts. He gets benched in the Notre Dame game. Comes back in. Barnstorms to the Rose Bowl. No, 2014. Unbelievable season. 2015. Breaks all the records. Of course. All the records. 2015. We all know what happened there. And you throw in his shoulder injury, too, at the end. When did it happen? How bad was it really? The whole captain thing. The draft thing. Connor Cook. Polarizing figure. Let's just call it what it is. I love him. A lot of MSU people absolutely adore Connor Cook. I'm sure he's a fantastic guy, too. But... There, there was a lot around him, too, to the point where, hey, you can have this guy who's the all-time winningest quarterback in MSU history with a little bit of, you know, people from this angle, people from that angle. Like, that'd just be straight-up fascinating. I'm not saying it'd be a, a mud-slinging adventure. I it want, would be a, a legitimately fascinating thing to watch. I want the x-ray of his shoulder. That's all I want. <laughs> That's the, <laughs> Let me see. That's not asking a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's the only athlete that I have. Of, of course, others would have, you know, oh, he, he make for a good 30-minute document. No, Connor Cook would be a great five-parter. I think you could great do time. one uh, just on the whole D'Antonio era. 
yeah, um, yeah. as well. And that's kind of broad, but just some of the, and definitely getting into some of the downs as well, because there is a lot that went on um, up and down uh, through the entire thing. And, you know, it's a decade long. So there's certainly stories. Uh, one thing I want to add before we end the show, uh, it's a mini doc. The night okay. Max Bulla got suspended. Oh, that's a good one. That's, that's a good all. One. I want a yeah. mini doc on the night. Why didn't Max Bulla play in the Rose Bowl? That's the only yeah, other one I want to add. Um, you you had mine. The 2010-11 basketball and 2016 uh, football were my two primary ones that I thought of just because it's really interesting. Um, those stories are the ones, like I said, we always seem to gravitate to. The, the tearing down instead of the building up. Yeah, and enough time has passed where really I'm not affected by those seasons anymore. Yeah. But yeah, when you text me, hey, come up with MSU documentaries we'd love to see. Point one three seconds is how long it took for me to come up with uh, those two seasons right there. Yeah, I, like, yeah, was, I would love to see the behind the curtain look at that. The basketball, when I thought of it, the basketball team uh, that season was the very first one I thought of. All right, that is going to do it for us here on today's episode of Locked On Spartans. Thanks so much for listening. We are still endeavoring to find somebody to come on this show and talk about the NFL draft with us. Can you believe that? Kind of. Kind yeah, of. so can I. We're going to keep tweeting and DMing people. You start tweeting at some of your favorites if you follow some draft people on Twitter or whatever. Start sending out messages on our behalf. We want to get somebody, uh, at least one person, maybe two in here to uh, talk about the NFL draft and Michigan State prospects. And if we don't, then Matt and I are just going to talk about it as well using uh, experts. Like, and I don't know we, anything about the NFL draft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it'll be fine. It'll be, we'll have a good time with it. Uh, so we'll be doing that throughout the week here. We're just a few days away from the first round of the NFL draft, which is pretty wild. Um, so yeah, good week of shows. We'll keep doing it with that. Uh, NFL draft prep. We'll do some spring ball stuff because spring uh, football was supposed to be on Saturday. So we can talk about some spring football things as well later in the week and just football recruiting and whatever else is going on in this crazy world. So that's maybe like a for rewatchable the... episode. Who knows? Anything's oh, on the table maybe. this week. Everything's, Anything's on, on the table this week. Everything <laughs> is on the table. We've got interview requests out. Uh, we're, we're seeing what we can do. All right, that's going to do it for us here. Thanks so much for listening. Reminded to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, take us home. Another week ahead of us. Let's just grind through this one, folks. This is all the over before we know it, hopefully. Go green.